turn to uh, Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. And uh, I want to preach this morning on one more by love. One more by love. I'm thinking about the uh, parable that Jesus gave to the Pharisees when they accused him of receiving sinners and eating with them. He answered back, and he said, Well, you call them sinners, but I say they're lost. And, of course, the word lost puts value on something. In other words, I've never lost a penny. I've misplaced them, I've dropped them, I've walked over top of them, but I never felt like it was important enough to say I'd lost them. But every now and then, I have lost a $20 bill. And when I do, I'll go back through my suits to try to find out what pocket that's in. And if I was to ever have one, and I was walking down the road with a $100 bill and it blew out of my hands, I'd run in front of a truck to get it. Because I'd say I lost $100. What Jesus was saying to these Pharisees is, you see them as just sinners. I see them as priceless. They're lost. They are like the shepherd that has 100 sheep, and one of them's lost. And he's going to go until he gets that sheep. That's how important it is. Aren't you glad he came after you that way? Me. And the woman that has the headdress. And has ten pieces, but one of them's lost. And she's going to sweep till she finds it. Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost stayed on you till he got you? And then we're going to notice the third part of that trilogy of a parable is uh, the father that has two sons, but one of them's lost. And how important it is to realize this morning that I'm glad that you're saved. If you're here this morning and you know the Lord, I'm glad that I know him. But it ain't just about us. For as long as the church is in this world, there'll always be one more that the Lord is out to reach. And so I want us to look at this one more, this son, and how that he is one by love. And you can spell that two different ways. He is one, O-N-E, and he is W-O-N, one by love. Because the emphasis of this parable is tied up in verse number 20. In that one word there where the Bible said, as the prodigal son come home, the father met him and he kissed him. K-I-S-S-E-D. Wrapped up in that word is the heart of the father, that he loved that son. And I don't care how you read this parable, backwards, forwards, inside and out. If the father doesn't receive him in love, then there's no real emphasis here at all. And can I say to you, I'm glad that Jesus came, virgin born, lived a sinless life, 
I'm thankful that he went to a cross, was buried, rose again the third day. But if the heart of that wasn't John 3.16, for God so loved the world, then what good would it be? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. It's all out of a heart of love. But aren't you glad the Bible said that he shed abroad that love, the very love of God, the very attribute of God. He put in you and he put in me when he saved us. So that if the one more is going to be reached by love, it's going to be through the children that he has loved. That you and I can love other. One by Love. And of course, if the Lord reaches this world, we're going to have to love one another. We're going to, they're going to have to see God's love in our lives. So let's scurry down through this text. And there's three things that I want to say about this matter of the Father's love. You know the story well. A certain man had two sons, verse 11. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him them his living. Not many days after, the youngest son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. He would fain have filled his belly with husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's has bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, here's our word, and kissed him. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to be merry. Three things that I want to say about this matter of the love of the Father that we could apply and have experienced if you are saved in our own hearts. But we can also see how that God allows us to express it to those around us who are lost. The first thing that I would envelop from this whole parable is the fact that love is seen in all things that are represented here. 
from the beginning of the parable all the way to the end concerning the prodigal son, we can see intertwined in it that the father truly loved this son. We see the spirit of love. It is emphasized in that the father that tells us came out to meet him and of course has compassion on him, embraces him, and kisses him. The love that we see there expressed from the father to the son is a is a, a love that is very apparent. Aren't you glad that the father's not ashamed of the son? He does not stand off afar and aloft from him. The Bible tells us concerning this love, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might have, we might live through him. It is such a joyful thing to realize that the father shows the evident love that he has for each of his children. Nothing, uh, nothing about this story even indicates that there is a lack of feeling of the father for the son. But everything about the story says that this is a story of love. It is a story of the heart of the father in relationship to the son. And I wonder, I wonder this morning, how far do we have to look? to see the love of the Father for us. I believe it is very close. It is very nigh. All we got to do is look into our families, into the eyes of, of those that God has put in our lives. Looking into your wife's eyes, you can see not only her love, but the love of the Father for you as he chose her for you. And looking into the husband's eyes, looking into these grandchildren's eyes and the children's eyes. We, we could just look around us this morning how that God has intricately set this service up and that we could come and we could love one another with the love of God. It just seems as though that love is seen in all things. When I, when I look into my life, I realize... Now, I believe that once, once the son sees that the father loves him, what he will see is that he has always loved him. He can look all the way back and realize that what he's experiencing right here was so before he ever left home. But yet he never really experienced it within himself. But now he's able to look all around him and see from the beginning to the end that, that the Father loves him. The very spirit of love is seen in this text. But not only that, the very symbols of love. I've noticed that when this son comes back so ragtag and uh, so tainted as far as that world is concerned, so wrecked, that the father says, I want you to get not just a robe, but I want you to get the best of it. I want you to get the best of what I have got. And I want you to put it on him. And I want you to get the fatted calf that we have put up without blemish. 
no doubt. And I want this to be a, a feast on the behalf that he was once dead, but now he is alive. And everything about those items says one thing to the Son and one thing to those who see the Son. And that is that there is the Father's love. Can you imagine the days uh, proceeding after this took place, this event? And the son is going around and he's got this two or $3,000 suit on. He's got a six, $700 pair of shoes on. He's got a ring like you've never seen. And in those gatherings of which they don't know much about him, the question has to be asked. My lands, where in the world did you get a suit like that? What kind of job do you have? And his answer would be, well, my father, to be honest with you, bought it for me. And well, what about those shoes? They're so unusual. I don't, I've never seen a pair of shoes. Uh, he said, well, they were, they were tailor-made for me. All of this was. And, and uh, to be honest with you, it was my father. I don't, I, can't, I don't know how much they cost. That My father had them made for me and, uh, and uh, given to What about that ring? Uh, it, it symbolizes your family and, and your authority and all of that other. Where in the world did you get? Oh, he said that my father. <laughs> and of course, in the minds of those people, they probably said to him, my, you must have been a very dutiful son. You must have been so obedient and so studious. And I could see him look and say, oh, no, you're so far wrong on that. This ring, this coat, these shoes say nothing about me. They say everything about my father. But isn't it true this morning that what we are and what we have and what you're looking at right now says nothing, absolutely nothing about me. Oh my goodness. I could take you back through my past and you would say to me, well, you don't even deserve this. And I would say amen to that. And you, you deserve far worse. You, you deserve the negative of that. And I would say amen to that. But what I'm here to tell you is this is not about me. This is about my father. Not only do I see the spirit of love, I see the very symbols of love. Everything says the father loves that boy. The father loves that boy. But then we also see the sacrifice of love when he says concerning the fatted calf. I want you to, I want you to get the fatted calf as he talks about in verse number 23. But I want you to kill it. You know, for a long time, I simply felt as though that the only reason was he wanted to have Jubilee, and that was a part of it, and so he's going to kill the fatted calf so they could feast. But then it dawned on me that this is not New Testament. When Jesus gives this parable, it's under the Old Testament economy. There are still literal sacrifices being made at the temple and have for hundreds of years. And in the Old Testament economy, the father was the represented priest. He was the responsible person as far as the spiritual condition of that family. And then my mind went back to Job when 
The Bible said that his sons had gathered together and they were going to have a feast. And Job went off and sacrificed because he said it might be that my sons have transgressed before God and I am going to make a sacrifice to God on their behalf. The truth of the matter is the son is not, the father is not really aware at this point of what all has went on in the son's life. He doesn't know the intricate details, but what he can do is he can provide a sacrifice to heaven to make sure that all of those sins have been taken care of. I say to you, I say to you, every, the very spirit of this meeting says love and the symbols of this meeting says love and the sacrifice of this meeting says love. I say to you, love can be seen in all things. All things. How far do you have to look to sense and feel the love of God? Not far if you are His children. I was preaching in a camp meeting in North Carolina. A dear sister whom I did not know, very aged lady, was testifying in the back, weeping about how good God had been to her through the years. Captivated me because I had never heard anyone phrase it like this. She said, God is so good to me, he's blessed me with both his hands. <laughs> Well, aren't you glad God is ambidextrous? He can bless you left-handed or he can bless you right-handed. He can bless you, but don't we all feel that way? As the songwriter said, I sometimes feel as though that I must be his only son because how does he have time to do for everyone what he has done for me all of these years? He loves me. He loves me. He loves me in spite of me. So love is seen in all things. I, I, don't, I, I can go all the way back. This old boy can go all the way back and see he can see the Father's love coming all the way through. The second thing that I would point out to you in this matter of one, O-N-E, one, W-O-N, by love. Love is seen in all things. But from the father's perspective, let's, let's look from the father's perspective as he looks down the road. I would like to say love sees all things. Love sees all things. In other words, I would suggest to you that, that the father is not, he, he is not fooled or deceived As far as this boy is concerned, he knows who this boy was. Love sees all things. And as he looks at this boy coming home, love sees who this boy is now. But the great truth is, is love sees who this boy will be because of love. Oh, many would point out our past, but love thinks about our future. Because love loves us as we are. Love sees all things. Now, 
As this boy comes back home, as I described, tattered and torn and, and ragtagged, holes in his, in his clothes, what bit of clothes that he has with all of the smell and the slime of the, of the, of the hog pen. He's, he's coming home. He's at a, he's a, he's a far distance off. While he was a yet a great way off, the father began to run. Now, no one else would have known who that was. Only love could have recognized him at that distance. (laughs) Only love could have seen through the dirt. Only love could pierce through every bit of that and say, That's my son. D.L. Moody said that it was the telescope of God, of the Father's love that was able to perceive what no one else would have known. Why? Because as this boy heads back home, his, his approach is so different than what it was when he left. His coming is different than what it was when he departed. When he departed, he left out so haughty. Read the beginning of it, verse 11 and 12. He's so proud. He is so deserving. He is saying, give me. He walks off as if he's got the world, I tell you, in his hands. But now he's a far way off and he's bent almost double. He is so low in spirit. He's coming back without no demands. He feels so undeserving. He don't, he don't even think he deserves. Just make me as the one of the hired servants. He's coming back with a different attitude, atmosphere, different spirit. He's coming back bowed down. And the father recognizes him. No one else would have. That can't be him. Look, the father says as he goes toward him. His approach is different. His appearance is different. His apparel is different. Everything about him seems to be so different, but yet the Father is able to see through it all. I say love is seen in all things, but it is love that sees all things. Aren't you glad the love of God saw you for who you were? So you shouldn't have any problem understanding that he loves you now. But oh, everything that we have coming our way as far as the future is concerned in this world and the world to come is established upon that one principle. He loves us. All of the bounty of every bit of it is coming through the eye of love. He has only one thing in his eye when he looks toward that boy. I'm glad to report to you that the Father only looks at you through the eye of his love. I have often said, and I say it again tonight, if you knew me like I've known me over the years, you may not want to hear me preach. But don't turn your halo up. Because if I've known you like you've known yourself over the, over the last several years, I might get my Bible and run out of here. 
But I'm here to let you know that the Father knows us all for who we were and who we are. But thank God He knows us for what He can make out of us. He has put His love in us. Shed abroad. In other words, there is no more love in the heart of God sitting on the throne of heaven but what abides right here. The most powerful thing that ever was or ever will be, which God is, God is love, was put right in here. And brothers and sisters, one of the ways that I know that I'm saved is because I can take you back to the day when that took place. I knew that there was a power placed within me that was called love, the very love of God. Don't you like that? Love is seen in all things. Love sees all things. But the last thing I would say to you this morning in this matter of one, O-N-E, one, W-O-N, by love. All sinners are one by the love of God. Because the first thing he told you was he loved you. Isn't that right? And that changed your world. Love is seen in all things. Love sees all things. But lastly, lastly, can I say to you, love says all things. Love says all things. Or I guess we could say it this way. Love settles all things. Now you would think when these two came back together that there'd be a lot that would have to be settled. That... Of course, between the two, there would be a lot of questions. There might be some accusations. We need to get to the bottom of these rumors. Uh, We got to settle every bit of this. I mean, you know, we can't just erase it all and forget about it. But yet when they come together, notice this in verse number 20. It's my key text. He arose, he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off... Here's how we could read it. His father came out and stood at a distance and said, Man, you stink, boy. I would shake hands with you, but I'm not right now. You're going to have to go in there. We got the the, the old bathhouse is still going out there behind the servants' quarters. Take him back there and scrub him off and bring him back and we'll talk on the porch. We got to settle some things. And that would be justifiable, would it not? I mean, we we we, we got to understand that some of this stuff. We got to straighten up. You're not bringing a bunch of that home, are you? I mean, we're not going to have that. We're going to we got to talk this over. We're going to get the whole family together, and we're going to put everybody. We're going to get. Wouldn't that be awful? We're going to let the elder brother have his input. I mean, I got to find out how he feels about it before we just step right into this and and stuff. Like, I'm going to get mom into it. We're going to have the neighbors. I mean, we don't want you coming back here spreading a bunch of. Who knows what kind of sickness you brought out of that far country? We got to settle a bunch of stuff. And you know, everybody. You know how people are curious, and they all want to be there when that happens. They're going to go sit in on. And then this, we want to see what the father says to this boy. I can't wait until the father gets a hold of him. That's what the elder brother's saying. <laughs> he going, it's going to be bad, boys. Y'all need to come. It's going to be close to a hanging. I don't know. 
At least he's going to have to sign some papers and fill out some documents and make some promises and things of that nature. And he's just going to have to, I can't wait to hear all them stories he's going to have to tell about where he's been, what he's done, and where all his itemized. I'll tell you what I want to tell. I want everything itemized. Don't just come out here and say, well, I spent it all. No, I want to know what you spent it on. Sounds like a congressman, doesn't it? I want to, they spend it. I mean, I mean, they really spend it, but they, they don't want to tell where it's been, but somebody else wants them to tell them where it's been. I like to know where all that's been. <laughs> but he said, I mean, I, we want it itemized. And I'll tell you one thing, he ain't going to just come out and say, I'm sorry. He needs to pay for some of that. I mean, set up a payment. Work to pay for some of that. We got to get all this straightened out. Well, when it's all over, somebody said, well, what did he say? What, 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 did he say? What, they, what, what went on down there? Well, I, you know, it didn't make sense to me. All I saw was the father run down, running down there and just grabbed him. No, he didn't touch him right off, did he? Yeah, and he was kissing him. It was slime all over him. We could smell him from here, and he was kissing him. What'd that say? It said it all. Love says all things. Nothing else is left to be said. There's nothing to be ironed out. The word kiss, kisses right there, is a compound word. It's a compound word in the Greek. Kata, K-A-T-A, means It has the idea of being in what is called the imperfect tense. In other words, you just don't want to stop. It's like when you have your grandyons, you know what? And when he goes out there and kisses, he he doesn't run up to that boy reluctantly. I mean, this boy has just come back from the hog pen. But daddy ain't afraid he's going to catch swine flu. I mean, he don't care. I mean, he runs up to him and it's, I mean, oh, what else needs to be said? How you gonna explain that? Huh? And the latter part of that, katad, the latter part of that is phileo, which is the word love. It's the word love. It's used interchangeably in the scriptures, uh, uh, agape love and phileo love, both in references in places to the Father and His love. So here's what I want you to see. When he, when he goes out there, there's two words in verse 20. One is compassion, the other is kisses. In other uncontrollable, unending kisses so what he does is he embraces that boy I, I want you to see this he, he embraces that boy and embracing that boy they come heart to heart can you see that and what that boy is sensing he's feeling the heartbeat of his father he's feeling the heart of his father in other words, he's come back to be low grade. He's saying, I'm gonna take a, I'm, I'm gonna be demoted. Servant is good enough for me. But he's hearing a boom, 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 boom. 
And he's saying to him, and the father's kissing him all over. And the father ain't having to say nothing. It's just in itself saying, boy, you ain't going to be no servant. And you're not going to be any less a son than you've always been. I want you to know that I love you and I will always love you. No questions asked. (laughs) And the boy is thinking, oh my goodness. My father loves me. Is that not how you felt when God, through his son, touched you? Hey, I hadn't quit feeling that. To feel God so close that you feel what God feels. I'm able to feel what God feels. If he said brought his love in my heart, he put it in me. I'm feeling... For 50 years, I've been feeling God. Boom, 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 boom. And with every beat, he's saying, I love you. I love you. I love you with an everlasting bond. I can't stop kissing you. Boom, boom, boom. That's the word kisses. Katah, phileo. But there's the word compassion. Now, all you got to do is get your English dictionary. The word compassion is the same there as it is in the rendering as far as the Greek. It means, and you know what, when you have compassion on somebody, what you're doing is is, is, is you're, you're, you're feeling what they feel. You're feeling what? You're feeling for them in the way that they feel. So, are you understand what I'm saying right here? Huh? Don't miss this. When he grabs this boy and pulls him close, he's letting the boy feel what he feels. But when he's holding the boy close, he's feeling what the boy feels. In other words, he's put his heart in the boy and he's reaching got that heart out of the boy and took it. Love, I'm here to tell you, covers a multitude of sin. Somebody said, you don't believe, I don't believe God would ever reach in there and get that. Inside that heart when that boy's coming home is condemnation. Inside that heart is all the memory of all the sin and the ungodliness and the wreckedness and the wretchedness that was inside. It's all inside there. And the father said he had compassion on. In other words, what the father did is he took his heart and put it in him and he reached in got his heart and took it out. The Bible said he not only died for our sin, but he became. Do you realize that Jesus felt your wretchedness and wickedness and gladly became sin for you and me that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? Heart to heart. He grabbed him. Boom, 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 boom. And when they released, the son said, oh, he loves me. You remember that day when he did that to you? And the Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You see, love... Is seen in all things. Love sees all things, but love says all things. It takes care 
of every bit of it. I would uh, close. You know, a couple of things. Prodigal son's upset. There'll always be somebody upset. Somebody said, well, yeah, you, he's, if you do that for that boy now, you talk, tell him what he's going to do next time. I'm going to tell you what he's going to do next time. Paul said it. For the love of Christ constraineth me. If there's anything going to keep you out of sin, it's the love of Christ. It ain't a bunch of rules and regulations. Now what religion will do, religion is the Pharisees. What they're doing is they're wanting to, they're wanting to, let me just borrow this, it makes it all right. What they're wanting to do, do you know that everything in the Old Testament was measured? Have you ever noticed that? You read the tabernacle was measured, the temple was measured, Ezekiel's measuring the waters out, everything's measured. You had to toe the line because you was going to get measured. I mean, everything was measured. But you notice in the New Testament ain't nothing measured. You know why? Because he's the fullness. In him doth all the fullness. How you gonna how you gonna measure fullness? Huh? For instance, he didn't run out to have that boy and get his measurement and say, no, I'll tell you the elder brother's done this and you've done this. And I ain't gonna be satisfied until you do this. Now get out there, you got a long ways to go. And every day he said, well, you still, you're getting behind today. You did a little head to yesterday with this measure. If you're not careful, you'll let your religion turn into a measuring stick on everybody else. And that's why there's so much bitterness and hate and everything going on in this old world. That's why marriages fall apart. We measure one another. Well, I, I did this for you, but I noticed you didn't do this for me. Children get bitter because they say, well, Daddy, you used to do this for them, and I feel like I'm the black sheep. I got measuring. But in Christ, how are you going to measure love? Love beyond knowledge. How are you going to measure peace? Peace that passeth all understanding. How are you going to measure joy unspeakable and full of glory? Love says it all. I preached here enough for you to know how I was raised back in the hills of West Virginia. Dad, alcoholic, all his days. Mother left when I was a year and a half old, left us children. There was 11, two died early on. I was the youngest of the nine who grew to adulthood. And uh, I was six years old. My dad never remarried. I was six years old and had to go into the hospital for five weeks. And very, very serious. And when I got out of the hospital, my uncle and aunt got me because they didn't want to send me back home. No one to take care of me. So I went to my uncle and aunt's for a couple of weeks. And they were loving folks on my dad's side. And I remember one day, I'm talking about this matter of love, my aunt came in to me and she said, Davy Sean, that's what she called me. And she said, David Sean, said, me and Roy, your Uncle Roy's been talking, said, what we'd like to do is just keep you and we'll raise you and send you to school, buy you clothes, food and everything. 
But she said, I didn't want to do talk to your daddy before I asked you. Well, here's what you got to understand. There was a lot of hell in our home where there's drunkenness and drunks in and out all the time. But I guarantee you, humanly speaking, there was no nine people that loved any more each other than what we did all the way down to this day. Now, I was the youngest, and I knew that there was eight others that loved me. And I sensed that love. And she said, I wanted to find out how you felt about it. And without hesitation, no disrespect to her, because I felt like they loved me too, but there was just no love like that. And I said to her, no, I'm going to go home. And the reason why I wanted to go is I wanted to go where I knew I was loved. And I'd seen it real, and I had seen it genuine. And aren't you glad that what the Father lets you know, that this thing's not about a certificate to some kind of city somewhere. It's got you a good mansion. But when you get there, please mind your business and don't be walking on everybody else's gold and stuff like that. Be quiet. There's a lot of people there. We're going to try to, you know, we got rules and regulations, and I'm letting you in. I mean, I'm letting you in. I paid, I'm letting you in, but you're going to have to understand. Who wants to go to a place like that? That's not what heaven's about. That's not what the cross is about. That's not what salvation is about. The heart of God, he loves me. He loves me. Now let me, let me close. Let's look at the two sides. Could you imagine a prodigal son coming home under those circumstances? Under pressure all the time, slipping around. Not that he's doing anything wrong now, but he's just, he's trying to stay away from the father. Somebody said, why are you sleeping around? I said, because dad, every time I get around, he asks me about that money again. He wants me to tell him what all I've been into, and I I don't want to go through that. He'll even get my older brother over there, and he just, I mean, they rake me over the coals. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Who wants to live under that? But I'm going to tell you what happened. When he came in, honey, everything that was said was said through the love of the Father, and that's all that was said. There ain't no more saying. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? As a matter of fact, the elder brother tried to bring up the younger brother's past and the father set him straight. In other words, what I want to tell you is this. Nobody, nobody was allowed to talk about the son's past around the father. He shut you up quick. That's true in this day. He ain't interested in you coming and running down one of his youngins, each one of us. No, we're not, I'm not allowed to talk about your past. That's, that's between you and him. And here's the thing about it. He ain't going to talk about it. The father ain't going to talk about it. Matter of fact, there's only one person at the house that is able and, and, and can talk about his past. And you know who that is? The prodigal son. 
Now, if he wants to talk, testify and tell about where he's been, the father, or amen, then says, all right, son, go ahead. I know, I know, I go ahead. Now, I ain't talking about it. And now, son, you ain't saying nothing about it. And you tell no, everybody else here, they ain't talking about it. But now, go ahead. You can testify if you want to. And ain't that what you want to testify about? The day I come home and the father received me and forgave me, you'll talk about it all the rest of your days. That's why, now don't tell the Baptist this. That's why they had a party. Did you read that? Because the Bible said there was, now don't tell the Baptist. There's music and dancing. Somebody said, well, I don't think, well, that's none of your business. The Father set it up. Huh? Well, I'm here to tell you something. What else is there left to do when you find out you've been forgiven? You found out you've been favored and you're full and you feasted? And you're in the family? You don't sit around like a fool. Nothing. And, can, and, and the elder brother came, comes by that and said, What's going on in there? Tell them to turn that down. Look, there comes one running around the house, running back inside the house. What's wrong with that? They got religion. You know he talked to the father about it because you can tell him the text. I'm hearing, can you see that son the first time he sits down at the table? Here's what you got to understand. you got to understand. This old boy, this old boy had seen before what he's seeing now. He'd been at home, but he never saw it. You understand? God was good to you before you ever realized how good he was to you. You just never saw it. But now he's been hungry. He's been lost. He's everything. And can you imagine he's been down there at the hall pen and thinking about it. And now he's sitting there and mama has fixed a breakfast like you ain't never seen. And he sits out that breakfast and I hear him saying, Woo! Daddy! Woo! The elder brother says, Daddy, I can't eat with him acting like that. Would you tell him to be quiet? And the father looks at him. You read it in the text. He said, son, I would if I could, but he was dead. He's alive. What do you expect him to do? Huh? Can you see him the first time he goes back into the bedroom and there's that bed and he lays back on that bed and puts his head on that pillow. I can hear him saying, "Woo! thank you, Father. And the brother said, Daddy, I can't sleep in here. Tell him to shut up. Daddy said, son, I would if I could, but he was dead. He's alive. What do you expect him to do? I mean, this whole world thinks we're nutty, religious, but it ain't that. It's just that we've been loved with an everlasting love. And there ain't but one way to respond. Woo! Thank you, Lord. It wasn't J. Wilbur Chapman, great evangelist, after Hilton Billy Sunday's party. They asked him, they said, Dr. Chapman, of all the places you've been, all the sights that you've seen around this world, he'd been all around the world. What would you say that you stopped and you said, man, this is, this is the greatest thought I've ever had for what I've seen? 
without hesitation. He said, I have to say the greatest thought I ever had was Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. But hey, this love ain't just for you and me. I promise you there'll be another one coming through that door. And what they're going to need to sense when they walk in this building is the love of Christ.